TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Previously on Gresh and Fourier. The big Texas fair, you know, where the, yeah, yeah. The, we were talking about earlier. You go down there and eat some fried yak Everything penis. Everything is fried. Yeah, fried, I would. Fried yak penis? Absolutely. Nice and slow, too. <laughs> not gonna kill I just outside. nibble at it. This is Gresh and Fourier. Over the last four home games, the Boston Celtics will go two and two. Losing in a shocker to the undermanned Los Angeles Lakers after beginning a home record of 20 and 0. Andy Gresh. You, when you came in, you said, Welcome to the NBA. What, yeah. it just oh, it's like great. This? It just happens. Stretches of bad basketball happen. You work your butt off uh, every day to minimize those, but stretches of bad basketball happen. And we can't sit here and act like that we're too uh, entitled for it to happen to us. It happens. Christian Fourier. It helps so much to have somebody who can say, Gerard, I got the offense. You do the administrative stuff, the oversight stuff, stick with the defense, and we're going to bring you up to speed on everything you need to be brought up to speed on. Gresh and Fourier, right now. Direct you to my OnlyFans page. On WEEI. Oh, boy, oh, boy, do we have a lot to get to. Don't get hoodwinked, Red Sox fans. Don't get sucked into this whole Theo Vortex. We'll break it down even more because, well, the... Top story of the day in Boston is. is what is it, the top story today? Well, I, now now that it's 10 o'clock, I, I know what it was two. at 9. I think it's What two. is it now that it's 10 03? Well, we will put the Theo stuff into, uh, into context, and hopefully people don't get hoodwinked by that. It feels like just judging on a reaction on social media, you know, there's a lot of. Hey, Theo's back. And it's like, hey, did you look at his role? Don't be too excited. Yeah, if I was going to get real creative, I would ask you, I don't know, like what your lead is or what is your big question at 10? What, do you, uh, what would be your big cue at two? No, you or know your big cue at ten, or what's your lead? No, the I feel like we should change the way we bamboozle, let us stray, run amok, and flat out deceive. It is interesting. At nine o'clock, it was one thing, and and and, uh, and now I think it is something different. Oh, I don't. I disagree. I still think it is Alex Van Pelt being the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots and unpacking that. And the fact that the Lakers took all of the steam out of last night's really? matchup. So if your three big topics today were the Lakers literally just bitch slapping the lazy, give a crap of zero uh, Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown getting benched, Christoph Porzingis looking like a baby. Like, I mean, 
to a, to a Lakers team that didn't have their two greatest stars playing, and you see freaking LeBron James cutting his fingernails yep. on the bench, cutting his fingernails on the bench, and then LeBron the big, James. and then the biggest offseason acquisition by the Red Sox is a guy that doesn't even play for the team. Those are your three choices. I'll start wherever. And the thing is, uh, with Theo, and that's why I don't want to get wrapped up into this too much, it's not the Red Sox. It's not. It's a part of something that the Red Sox are a part of. Theo Epstein is coming back for FSG, not for the baseball there are not for just baseball. I know we'll talk about that with uh, with Lou Maloney. That's why for me, it's like, okay, that's a business move. That is very different than bringing in Alex Van Pelt as your offensive coordinator. And I will you got the say, white smoke. You know what? We did get the white smoke. And I will say this. The New England Patriots and Gerard Mayo should thank their lucky stars. This guy walked through the door. I don't know if uh, you and I both loved Bill O'Brien last year. There are people around here who think Bill O'Brien can't coach. It took him about three days for a guy who is the head coach of a team that's national championship worthy to demote himself as play caller to bring in Bill O'Brien. Billy O's got a lot of credibility. Alex Van Pelt, he has a lot of credibility, just not as a play caller. And that's the the part that you question. But at the end of the day, the New England Patriots, Christian, I think should thank their lucky stars, Alex Van Pelt, walked through the door. Because everything they were at least looking for in terms of experience, handling a quarterback, working in multiple offenses, like it's not, boy, oh boy. Like even, and I'm not picking on Phil Perry, Oh, my God, there was like a tweet of six degrees of separation just to be able to connect him that he was in the same room with Sean McVay. My God, this isn't just one of these McVayites. This is a guy with a lot of experience and the credibility of having played in the league. Gerard Mayo should thank his lucky stars. Alex Van Pelt walked through that See, door. and this also, <clears throat> yesterday when we left the show, it seemed like it was just going to be Nick Kelly. And I don't even remember or seeing anything that included Alex Van Pelt nope. as part of the uh, as as one of the I don't know a hundred offensive coordinators he that it seemed like they interviewed. Ye- he interviewed yesterday and got the job. Oh, so they didn't even le- let him leave the room. Nope. Apparently Tampa now was, you just can't leave. Apparently Tampa was ready, but when you have a here's the thing about Van Pelt, and I think one of the the real appealing things about this guy, and tell me if I'm overvaluing this, he played the position for nine years. So Alex Van Pelt is going to understand what it's like to be a young QB in this league. And to me, it doesn't matter whether you were a Hall of Fame quarterback or a guy that had a nice nine-year career as a backup. You did it. You were there. You understand the emotions that a young quarterback's going through because they've already determined they're picking a quarterback at three, it feels like. It's just a matter of which name do they land on. But here's the other part of this, too. And again, I don't know if Alex Van Pelt's going to be great as a play caller, but he'll have his own thoughts on offense. He'll have the ability to teach it to other people. And Christian, for me, thank God this guy walked through the door because think of this. If Nick Cayley got the job, where were he? Where were his pool of assistants going to come from? 
Elise Van Pelt has been in multiple stops, different places, and he's got a Rolodex of offensive coaches that will be able to come in here to compliment him. Now, once I thought I never thought of that as something big. You know, reaching out to a couple people last night, that was one of the things that somebody pointed out to me was, hey, this guy knows a lot of dudes. So it's really going to help fill out that <clears throat> offensive staff. Okay, so a couple things. A lot of things actually. Um, so this may take a couple seconds. No, we're gonna have um, a very we're gonna have yeah. a long day of unpacking because there's so much to do. Um you interview him. And you're so impressed with him that you don't let him leave the building. Mm-hmm. That, to me, speaks volume to Gerard Mayo and what he was waiting for. What was he? What was he? What would? What was he looking for to trigger that this was the right guy? Right? Because he interviewed a lot of different people, young, old, experienced, novice, doesn't matter. But this is the guy that rolled in at 53 years old, played at Pitt, played the position in college, played it in the pros, coached it. Okay, so. He's got a vast amount of knowledge, and, he, mm-hmm. and I'd say he's not in his 60s where he's like kind of he would be considered disconnected. He's not in his 30s or 20s where he's you know he's not considered too young and green. I feel like he's in the perfect spot, and he is technically your Wade Phillips. He is your Wade Phillips where you just manage, where you just where you just uh, you know you you manage, you uh, you delegate, and you you know you just. Let him be himself. You let him do his job and you stay out of the way. The other aspect of this is the, uh, which I think is overblown and overrated. He's never called plays. He's never called plays from beginning to end, but he's been massively involved in every situation, even with Kevin Stefanski, even with uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's been involved in it. And uh, Mike McDaniels never called play for, for the San Francisco 49ers. He's called plays for the first time when he became the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And even he would say, and his second year, how he learned so much about his first year, which brought me to my last point, and then I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. People get so caught up in the systems. The systems, the oh systems, my. the systems. I'm so glad he went against the whole Sean McVay system. And then you're going to, and then, but this guy is like a, a you know, um, a Mike Shanahan sort of system, which is kind of a, an evolution of the West Coast system, which I'm sure he has his own spin on it. He was coached by Chan. Here's Bailey. the thing. Everybody runs the same plays. I hate to break to everybody. Everybody runs it the same way. What makes one system different or more successful than the next? It's a rhetorical question. Don't worry about the players. Offensive line. The players. The players, the players, the players. I don't care what type of system you have. If you don't have good players, it ain't going to work. You could take 11 great players, run the West Coast offense. Run the Josh McDaniels, Charlie Weiss offense. Run the Sean McVay offense. You can go run Joe Gibbs. You can run Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson. I don't care. If you don't have players, the system is going to suck. I want to hug you for saying this. It's It just literally like just hit me. It's like, what do we, who gives a crap about what system you run? Well, you're right because it's now almost turned into, well, it doesn't matter your players. If you just run the Sean McVay system, you'll be okay. Oh, yeah, that's the answer to my play, my prayers, right? Because even last week with the old San Francisco 49ers, look at the system. They're running power on the goal line. Power, counter, toss, crack, bunch, whatever. Gator, toss, crack out of a bunch set. Uh, crossers, shallow crossers, yes, wheel zinc, routes, vertical routes. They, 
They're they, all the same. They ran the ball in 1980. That's not how you do it. Oh, the oh, Niners are in the Super stretch Bowl. play cutbacks. I'm, I'm Give with you. me it's a break. Over, it's overblown. Here's the thing with and and this is what is intriguing about Alex Van Pelt. And you go all the way back to the years in Buffalo. If you just look at the people he's been around, you're right. It feels like everybody wants to be like, well, it's Shanahan and McVay stuff, and that's why this guy's going to be great. He's been around the NFL for 30 years. He's going to adopt a little bit from everybody. And, and you know, what? It, how about this? Hey, guess why Cleveland likes to run the ball? They got Nick Chubb. Oh, my God, they have a good running yeah, back. Yeah, so we have here a good that's running right. back. But the modern fan, and I'm sure, 37937, give it a second. Give it a second. Oh, good. We brought in a guy who's just going to run it. Great. Give it a second. They'll come trickling in because there are those out there who want 60 passes a game and deep balls and blah, blah, blah. No, this guy has seen the evolution of the league. I think he will more than have a clue in terms of calling plays. And he's actually done it before, believe it or I not. I was going to say, there have been has. in and out where, he, where, where Van Pelt has done it before, but He's going to be, in theory, offensively, from a scheme standpoint, a blend of old and new. And, and that's and you know what that is? That's closer to Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell yeah. and what they're doing in you, Detroit. You, you adapt, you improvise, you overcome. Mike Shanahan was coaching the Washington Redskins, and they drafted Robert Griffin III and uh, Kirk Cousins. They completely changed their offense smart. Okay, and uh, to to fit his skill set, mm-hmm. that's exactly what John Harbaugh did with Lamar Jackson. What a crazy idea! Let's create an offense. Those are those are the really good offensive coordinators, by the way, the ones that are not like trying to shoehorn one type of quarterback into the system. The coordinator needs to be able to change their system to fit the needs and the skill set of the quarterback that they have. Like that is a sign of a great offensive coordinator. Well, geez. My my system doesn't work. Well, you stupid idiot! Why don't you change it? He can't throw that pe- that play. Right. So, and to your point, and to your point, in 2020, COVID hit. Uh, the Browns make the playoffs. Stefanski gets COVID. Guess who was calling the plays? To your point, that would be Alex Van Pelt. Alex Van Pelt. They put 48 points on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baker Mayfield threw for 263 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, they ran for 127 yards and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, he's done it. I mean, he's involved. He, he did gets it, it. In, believe it or not, all the way back in 05 with the I think Frankfurt Galaxy. Yeah, that was so, the first time Alex Van Pelt was put in a situation to where he was calling plays. Less of a problem for me. With the he'll 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 be fine calling plays. I think the real story with Alex Van Pelt is. Thank God. Thank God he walked through the door because it felt like Gerard Mayo was about to land on a default candidate that everybody would have been like, woo, McVay, rub him up. And then you would have been like, oh, boy. At least this guy, and I'm not guaranteeing success for Alex Van Pelt, at least this guy has the right kind of resume 
to feel good about turning it over to him, which, as you said, Christian, is what you need to do. Your thoughts on the Patriots coordinators and coaching staff. Uh, a little lucky for Gerard Mayo, maybe, that Alex Van Pelt walked through the door. Uh, we're also reacting to what happened last night. Celtics lost in a bad way to a team that just decided, eh, we're not going to put our superstars out there. So I, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the, and I'm totally unauthorized to do this, on behalf of the Celtics, on behalf of the NBA, I would like to apologize to those fans who saved up all year or for you kids who got some Celtics-Lakers tickets under the Christmas tree, and you thought, I'm going to see a great game. I'm going to see Tatum against LeBron. I'm going to see Porzingis against uh, Anthony Davis. I would like to apologize on behalf of people I am not qualified to apologize for that your night got wasted last night. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Brother, we are wound up today. And I should have came back with a whole, like, you know, Groundhog Day music. Uh, that Whatever from them. You were like, wake up. The echoes at this time. Do, 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 oh, do, my do, God. Do, 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 do. There's nothing <laughs> worse. Oh, the... Oh, the sleepy town of Gobbler's Knob. You would think that'd be a town in Nevada. Isn't it, my is, drift? It, is it like if I'm even... Yeah, Gobbler's Knob, yeah, right? That's but, where all the Chiefs are going to be going they, after they and win. Then they, they, and then Top Hat <laughs> Timmy holds that yeah. stupid rat. And we're supposed to believe that because they got this stupid freaking thing out of the ground. Oh, there's no sun that day. So therefore, here's the predictive weather. da 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 Get the hell out of and, here. And, and not just to add to it, one of the movies that I hate more than anything is Groundhog Day. I hate that movie. I, it, and I, I hate love it. Bill Murray. I love, oh, and legend. it's hard if to, to, to be such a fan of Bill Murray and hate one of the, the movies that he's kind of known for now more than like, you know, Caddyshack, I would say. Ghostbusters. But still, whatever. But okay, so I the but the I what I think is like the the rodent <sighs> did see its shadow, which means a good spring? No, wait, a bad a spring, spring is still six weeks away or whatever the hell it is. Did winter even start? I don't know. That's a thing, Nick. 
Like God Almighty! No, it is. It is. Here it is. I got it right here for you. It's a. It's a big deal. Sure it is. Sure. <laughs> what? You don't yeah, think this a... guy bats a thousand? Uh, no. It's a rat. Poxy Tawny Phil did Ooh. not see his shadow today, uh, which means he's now predicting an early spring. Is your tongue asleep? A little bit. <laughs> I know. None of that was anywhere <laughs> really close. What was it? Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney. Can you spell it? Hold on. P-U-N-X-S-A- Close. T-A-W-N-E-Y. That's yeah. pretty good. I'll give you full credit no, for that. You have, to, you have to know that the X and the yeah. S are in there and all that. Hey, I know we got some folks that want to talk about the Celtics. We're going to get to that. But can we just... Yeah. Poxy Tawny Phil did <laughs> not see his shadow today. <laughs> wow, that does sound pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wonder... Let me, do, let me try it again. If your tongue was asleep. <laughs> I know. I just took a big gulp of coffee, too. Oh, here you go. You want to know the accuracy rate of this stupid rat? 36%. That's Hall of Fame. 39% of the time. <laughs> that's Hall of Fame numbers if you're a hitter. Phil yeah. has Phil has only been right 39% of the time going back to the first recorded prediction in 1887. I learned today there's four of them that do it across the country. Oh, God. Bullard really? Lee, there's Staten Island Chuck and uh, Buckeye it. Chuck. It's so dumb. All four of them did not Why don't we do our back. own? We should it, do our own version yeah, of that. Yeah, i tell you what. Yeah, you know what? Here's what you do. Next February 2nd, you're all over that. I'll take a flex day. I'll, Let's do. No, no, no. It. My my thing is like we take like Jackson or Shime even we dig them dig a hole we throw them in there for the big part of December and January then when February comes around we let them come out and here's the thing it's thirty nine percent of the time since the eighteen hundreds with all the stat nerds and everything in sports now don't you think there'd be somebody who would be like this rat doesn't know what he's doing thirty nine percent of the time it works every time oh, it's an excuse to potty that's right it's like you know and coal miners de Mayo St Patrick's that. Day. It's they're all the same. Oh, can can I can I follow up on something that you yeah, said go ahead. earlier? Because I feel like this. We kinda, have a very busy day today, so I, I don't think we should mess around. I feel like this needs <laughs> to get out there because we were talking about the whole being married to a system and da 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 and all this stuff, right? And this just goes to show how narrow focused we really are. Um, text came in about uh, the five oh eight. You can talk about McVeigh all you want. Actually, he directed it to me. Gresh can talk about McVay all he wants. Those are the best coaches in the NFL from his tree. Well, you need to look further. Because really, what it all extends from, if we go all the way back, this goes all the way. This is all Bill Walsh stuff. And in fact, you could argue that it's John Gruden stuff. So where did old Sean McVay get his start in 2008, he got his first job from John Gruden in Tampa. Then he went to Washington. Guess who made him an offensive coordinator? Meaning Sean McVay. Who made offensive? Who made Sean McVay an offensive coordinator? Jay Gruden. Now, Christian, where did Jay and John Gruden sort of grow up in the NFL? Hold on, I won't even say it for you. John Gruden was tied into Green Bay. Who ran Green Bay? Mike Holmgren. What's that Mike Holmgren tree look like? Oh, I don't know. All the people that uh, learned from Mike Holmgren 
got taught the stuff of Bill Walsh. What, what, what? Because that's where Mike Holmgren learned from. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those who get all horned up for Sean McVay offenses, guess what it really is? A version of the Joe Montana offense that Christian Fourier ran in three different locales. <laughs> God almighty. Yeah. yeah oh, so- but Sean McVay did it. Yeah. So I would say this. I, I would say um, so Demarcus Covington as your defensive coordinator makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. He's there. You know him. You already have a relationship with him. Uh, you are going to be leaning defense anyways if you're Gerard Mayo. Mm-hmm. Special teams coordinator, uh, listen, um, we'll see what happens. The, even the, the, the special the teams. That's the biggest question. That he was running um, uh, was Springer. Uh, uh, he came from the Rams, right? Uh, not a great track record. We'll see what happens. Offensively, though, stay out of the way. Stay out of the way. Give them kind of like your game plan as far as based on the, you know, you're still going to be game situation specific, right? You're going to be game plan specific, just like Bill was, because smart coaches do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just run whatever. You, you you know, you change. You know, you have to be ready to move. And he'll create an offense based on your direction. That's Those are some of the things I think Gerard Mayo is not going to switch from. Like, he kind of looks at everything that he thinks of, of, of value from Bill, what worked for him as a player, what worked for him before he was a player, after he was a player, when he left, when he came back as a coach. That is universal. If you keep trying to put weekly a square peg round hole and hoping that it just works off, like in the long run, it's going to bite you in the ass. So you have to be multiple. You have to be able to alter your game plan. And play to a specific game plan based on the team you're playing. Well, and and let's go back to what uh, Josh McDaniels did with Mac Jones. It wasn't let's chuck it down the field, let's throw it 40 times a game, none of that. No, it was we're going to kind of spoon feed you a little bit. I think in the mind of Josh McDaniels, there was a here's my rookie quarterback. And not that there's like a book per se, But I think there are certain steps that veteran offensive coordinators take in kind of grooming the quarterbacks. And with Mac in 2021, we saw them start to loosen the reins a little bit, a little more towards the end of the year. But it was still, here's the box we want to keep you in because we want you to grow as a player and as a person. And that's what had that's what gives me a lot of kind of comfort, at least going in, that Alex Van Pelt's gonna basically have a blueprint to be able to handle the quarterback. Because the one thing you can't do is, even if they are the number three pick, if they're not ready, don't put them out there. And I hope that Alex Van Pelt has the gumption to even say to Mayo, hey, listen, not yet. Like, still needs a couple of weeks. And that's a feel from an offensive coach. And there will be the steps that will be taken. I don't think it's going to be well, we're just going to come in and we're going to run our stuff and this kid's going to be great. There'll be a plan to kind of get him there. And it ties into that mindset of Gerard Mayo, who, lest we forget, is going to think like a defensive-minded head coach, especially early on in his tenure. And I, and I don't think he would avoid admitting that. I agree. It's just human nature. It's, it's, it, it's how, who how, he is. He yeah, can't ignore he's a the linebacker. fact that he's been a defender yeah. his whole life. And Because I would say if I was that... Even if even if I was a wide receiver turned head coach, I would lean towards the wide receivers. Like I would naturally be like, I mean, how do I get them the ball? Tight end, how do I get them the ball? 
a former back, how do I get them involved? You would almost fight yourself on that. Like, that's the one thing that I hope Mayo doesn't do, is do the whole, well, everybody says it's an offensive league and I'm a defensive guy. No, be tr- for better or worse, be true to who you are. So based on everything that's, that's happened so far yeah. with the coaching search, it took a little longer. You kind of, like, appreciate the fact that they – they were going to measure four to five times and cut once. That I appreciate. No need to rush into anything. No, no need to actually get caught up in past relationships and you know how they tie into the franchise and any buddies that you want to reward. Like he didn't do any of that. I think for the most part, everything made sense. This, this was the this was the area where I'm like, all right, good. Josh McDaniels, there was something there, whatever it was, nobody knows, but he didn't feel comfortable doing it. Or maybe Josh McDaniels wanted nothing to do with it, right? There might be that. So he, I, I would think that he got the next best thing. I, I, I would say optimistic is what, it, what is the word I would use. Again, we're fortunate this guy walked through the door because uh, you mentioned it earlier, Christian, in selling it as, hey, good for Gerard Mayo, that once this guy walked in the building, it was you didn't let him out. Yeah. What it also did is highlight the slaps who all got interviews on the whole. Because, like, Zach Robinson became an OC. There was the report that the Patriots had made the offer and he decided to go elsewhere or whatnot. Eh, it's here nor there. But I think the overwhelming majority of those guys who walked into interview at offensive coordinator might have shown well, but clearly there wasn't the extra level that Alex Van Pelt has. It felt like Alex Van Pelt was really the first true candidate that walked through the door, whereas those other people, it was a fishing expedition. Hey, will we get lucky? Will we find someone? This guy walks through the door and is like, yeah, I got 30 years of experience. I played in the game. Here's what I can do. Said everything that those other guys wouldn't have had the depth of knowledge to do so. That that just in and of itself makes me feel like, oh, my God. They may have really avoided a disaster here if Van Pelt walked in and it took him five hours to get the job. Yeah, so the way I look at it is, okay, if I'm drawing mail, I don't know exactly the name of the person that I want. I don't, there's not anyone specifically, but I know I want to type, right? So we talked about search firms. We talked about colleges and athletic directors that use uh, search firms and they want to type. And they, gra- they, they grab the, the search firm and the search firm gives them 10 names and they go through it. Um, and then I can sit there and think that Gerard Mayo probably did something similar. I will do the fishing expedition thing. I will bring in some no names and see if they inspire me. But for the most part, this is the type of guy that I want. Someone with experience, someone that played the position, uh, someone that has a history of working with people. Um, you know, he's going to have to have a, a, a vast knowledge of quarterback development, Right. He's gonna. He's gonna. I want a guy that uh, that has a reputation for being in the league. So these are all the things I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You go. You and I don't want somebody overly young. I want to be able to let them kind of be alone. And maybe they have head coaching aspirations. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I want a guy that that is self sufficient, and I don't need to constantly monitor. So Nick Cayley is off the off the list. Oh, way yeah. too green. Way too young. Never, I mean, he's too and, far away from and, it. And were they a half a step away from turning it over to that guy? Because you I sure just, felt I would, like it yesterday. That would have been a desperate, last resort type of move. But So they land on Alex Van Pelt, which I say checks all those boxes. And the other thing that when you read about Alex Van Pelt, you hear all the buzzwords. 
that Gerard Mayo mentioned during his press conference, mm-hmm. you know, that, that uh, Kraft talked about, that has been echoed throughout every time he has an interview, collaboration, works well with people, uh, is a great teacher. Like, those are all the things that he was looking for. And that's what Alex Van Pelt is. Well, I think the other thing uh, here is that uh, this Van Pelt hire feels good because of the other candidates that were on the list. Unlike what we did last year, you and I felt very good about Bill O'Brien. Longtime coordinator. Again, if he's such a slap, how did they? How did the head coach at Ohio State aside, step aside as the play caller to bring him in? Clearly, it did not work. Last year, you and I were on the "This is going to work with Billy O." I'm not. I don't know if this is going to work with Alex Van Pelt. There's still a lot of work to do. But in terms of, and you just nailed it, the profile of what are you looking for? Those are the boxes that Alex Van Pelt checks. It's not like last year where we were like, Billy O's X amount of wins above replacement and da-da-da. But in terms of the profile, lucky this guy walked through the the, the yeah, door. And it, I think that's important to remember. It's, so it's funny. So uh, a texter, um, hold on, here it is. Uh, it says, well, it's talking to you. It says, calling Andy Hart. It said he was losing his mind last night Hart, about this hiring. And I was like. Hart uh, put on Twitter he didn't like it. But why? I don't know. I didn't. What, I didn't what is check it, it that out. you? Is it just that it's not the guy that you wanted, so you're holding a grudge against the guy that you have no idea about, or did he do something to you, or that you heard of that makes you feel meh? I'll take this over Nick Haley. That's the thing for me is that if you're looking at the profile of a candidate, I mean, this was the best guy to walk through the door, and it wasn't even close. Now, I cannot, I cannot sit there and give you chapter and verse about his style, his mentality, because, again, he doesn't call plays. He's called plays at least twice that I've seen in the right. NFL, and both times it was with the Browns when Stefanski got COVID, right? So he got it twice, or the team got it, but he coached that playoff team. Um, and he coached another t- uh, that playoff game against the Steelers. Yeah, well, and to add two more layers to this, just in terms of Van Pelt, when Alex Van Pelt was not retained as the quarterback coach in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers came out, and that's when the rift kind of started there, apparently, between Rodgers and Green Bay, where he said, oh, my quarterback coach wasn't retained this offseason. That was um, an interesting choice. So there's at least a stamp of approval there from Aaron Rodgers. And if I may, I'm going to go to the Akron Beacon Journal. Ooh, kind of like the Sacramento Beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When Van Pelt left Cincinnati to go to Cleveland, your close personal friend, Duke Tobin. Who I messaged, by the way. He's busy. He's busy. He's busy. Uh, Quote, Alex had an... Look, oh, now who's got the problem? I did. Well, I got a bad tooth. Oh, uh, where Alex had a desire to be an offensive coordinator, and ultimately Zach decided we would give him that opportunity to go interview. Tobin said, "I'm glad he got it. Proud of him. He'll do a great job. Unfortunately for us, but he's a guy that I've got high regard for, and I wish him the best. The reason I bring that up is because Van Pelt left." when Cincinnati stunk and they were about to get Joe Burrow. So you have Aaron Rodgers who is saying, hey, my quarterback coach didn't get retained. It's like an ownership thing of it. And then you have Duke Tobin saying, yeah, it stinks we're losing this guy. 
because they knew Joe Burrow was a, So basically, Cincinnati was of the, hey, listen, if we're going to end up getting this guy, we got somebody that we think that, that can coach him. Now, ultimately, he left for a better opportunity. But those are at least two stamps of approval, one by a vested Hall of Famer and one by an organization that was ready to draft somebody that might end up in the Hall of Fame where they would have entrusted Alex Van Pelt with those two commodities. That says something. Doesn't guarantee success here, but it talks about the profile of him as far and away the best candidate. Yeah, to walk and the, the other door. thing is that um, you know the the possible candidates. It wasn't like this. I don't know, young gun slinging, you know, offensive coordinator that was just ready to pop. Who had you know created this? None of those guys were left. It really felt like there was slim picking. So you needed to kind of think outside the box and just trust your gut have the courage of your conviction, and find the guy that fits your profile. That's like what, what it is, you want. Profile. This yep. is the team I want to build. This is the kind of atmosphere I want in this organization, in the building, while we're game planning. This is the type of personality I want coaching my players, right? So, And again, I will lean back to the dude came in yesterday, and they didn't let him leave. That's something. They left the room. We'll, say, we'll be right back. They said, let's, let's do it now. This is the guy. I don't need to. I don't need to talk to anybody else. So we got four more guys coming. No, no, this guy right now. This is it. Don't let him go to Tampa. Yeah, don't let him leave. Listen, uh, uh, I give him credit for that. Fortunate, definitely. We see you on the lines. Wanted to talk about the Celtics. Fourier and I have not gotten to that. I knew my overpick was toast as soon as I heard the LeBron and AD were both out last night, and then the Celtics went out and uh, didn't play great. You're yeah. being polite. Uh, we will uh, unpack it and get to you on the phones on the seas next. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Oh, boy. Lots and lots and lots to get done here. People are now uh, digging in on uh, analytics and Alex Van Pelt and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's going to be a lots of layers of discussion, but... Uh, uh, last night over at the Garden, it was a short discussion as the Lakers beat the Celtics 114-105. No LeBron, no AD, still no problem for the Lakers. Important players were benched in the third quarter. Joe Mazzulu was not happy. What do you think? No, this is your typical, you get to the arena, you find out LeBron James isn't playing, you find out, Anthony Davis isn't playing, and you just just say, I can just roll the basketball out there, and we can still win. It was an and, entitlement and, night last oh, night. Oh, I mean, listen, they it, so uh, let me see. Rebounding was an issue. That's all effort. Um, tons of turnovers in the first half. That's You're not mentally focused. Very you don't sloppy. give a crap. Mm-hmm. You're sloppy. You feel like it's so, it's so obvious. It's like... When a game, when a good team plays so poorly against another team, uh, coming off the coming like on a road trip with their best players, you just feel like you can play casual and still get by. You feel like like shooting threes left and right. I don't mean no. I don't think Jalen Brown shot a freaking free throw. They don't get to the basket. They weren't trying. They flat out said screw it, that, that, and it was obvious to me that this was easily one of like. You know, just one of the more embarrassing games of the year, for me at least. You should this, the, the Lakers suck even with their two best players. There's a part of this 
that I do that that there's a part of this that is red flag ish, and then there's the part of me that's like, okay, these are twenty. You know, your main players are. 25 years old, 26 years old. What's Porzingis? Maybe 28, something like that. We were building it up yesterday as Celtics-Lakers. We did rivalry talk yesterday because of Celtics-Lakers. And then you hear a couple hours before the game that their two best players are out. It just takes the steam out of it. And for as much as I hate it, for as much as I wish they had just powered through and played better... It is sort of what kind of happens in the NBA, unfortunately, mm. when your core is young. Oh, the, geez. The Who's gold, core? When, when you have a young core like Who's the, core is young? The Celtics. Really? They're 25-year-olds. Maybe an age. Yeah. Not an experience. Yeah, which, which means maturity, oh, which know. means that's how... Look, the Golden State Warriors would not fall into this trap. They're older. They've been there. It doesn't affect them. Oh, no LeBron, no AD. Oh, not as many people will be interested. Guys in their mid-30s who have been through it in the NBA, they're not going to be as affected by it as a team like this. Or as I mentioned, what are your core ages? 25, 26, 27 on your superstars. So you go into the kind of the modern player think, which is, ah, it's not a big game tonight. So we roll out the balls, and then what happened happened. I, I – um. That can't be an excuse anymore. That can't be a reason anymore. That can't be any. That can't be something that anybody draws upon for some sort of reason why they didn't play well. Yeah, they're 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 young. Yeah, they're affected they're physically by it too much. they're physically mm-hmm. young. But you won't find veterans in the league that have as much experience as Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Derek White, and Drew Holiday. Like they don't have they. Give me some older players that have more NBA postseason experience than these two guys, the two the two main guys. I think I think is like anyone who uses that excuse. Um, and no offense to you, uh, is just is just um, how that's the league. No, no, it, it's it, it happens it, across don't the you league think that this all is the, the time. I mean, but it happens to old guys too. For the record, right? Well, so sometimes old guys just say screw it. I guess for me, Gresh, I thought the whole. Hey, we got to guard against. Uh, I like when this happens. I like when we struggle and we fight back. It's a, it's a, we're a small investment, big dividend paid off. I like it when our guys learn a lesson. I thought this team was beyond this. They didn't have their two best players. You're playing at home. Not only did you not show up, but as the game was going on, you continued to do to just not show up. It was all, and then with I don't know how much time was left in the game. You're still within nine points. Mm-hmm. Missoula just pulls you all of you. Yeah, benches Jalen Brown. Yeah, how embarrassing is that? He's done it before. You're an all star. They were getting, you're an all star. You got pulled. You can't yeah. look at yourself in the mirror. What a disgrace! They were getting pumped in Milwaukee. Sat oh, down I, too. But that was that one was different. I Why? felt like because those are the ones where it's almost like a scheduled loss. And that one just felt different. But if everyone's whole. but if everyone's mentally tough, how can there be a scheduled loss? I know, but this one at home, lots of rest, no issues. It's the Lakers. Whether we think it's a rivalry or not, it's still the Lakers. And you get up for the Lakers, and you're like, "Holy crap! I get an opportunity 
to put my foot on their neck and choke out these guys, and their two best guys can't do anything about it, <laughs> I'm going to be done by the third quarter. Here's what it is. To me, the equivalent of last night in terms of uh, maybe a little emotional immaturity or maybe not handling the moment perfectly, it's like having a big birthday party. And they got this awesome cake. Right? Oh, man. Love cake. Celtics, like, you love the And then they dropped the cake walking in. And that That's what happened. That It was literally LeBron and AD air out of the balloons when it was announced they didn't play last night, and everyone reacted accordingly. So we should note that on game 49 of the regular season, we have now determined that because of loss in game 49, this team is mentally weak. Well, we shall there, see. There is a, a very prominent Hall of Fame basketball player that thinks they're weak. Oh. Curious it's, if you agree with his statement. We mm, should play that next. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we get to some of Charles Barkley? Because you know, Christian, he does talk a lot. So maybe there's a little bit of contradiction. Hmm. <laughs> we'll get to it next. No. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 